it is Adam, and we had the incredible opportunity to speak with Grizz Folk over Zoom video. Adam, Sebastian, Frederick, and Bill all talked about where they grew up and how they got into music, two of which, Sebastian and Frederick, are from Sweden, but from totally opposite coasts in Sweden. Coincidentally, they, they met in Los Angeles uh, and met Adam and Bill and the band formed, but they talk about how they all ended up in LA. None of them are from Los Angeles originally, but they all talk about how they ended up meeting and how Grizz Folk eventually formed. They told us how the band really started to catch some success off of SoundCloud, which landed them a deal with Virgin Records, eventually getting on the road with Bastille. So we hear all about that and their new record that they just released, which is their self-titled record. One of the songs on the album was the very first song they ever wrote together, which is really cool. You can watch the interview with Grizz Folk on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. We'd love it if you subscribe to our channel. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're Bringing It Backwards with Grizz Folk. Um, this podcast is all about you guys and your journey in music. And we'll talk about how you all got together and, and started the band and obviously about the new record as well. Cool. Cool. Sounds great. Sweet. Um, so we'll start with you, Sebastian. Where, where were you born and raised? Um, <laughs> it's a little complicated. I was born in Sweden, but I kind of was raised in L.A., up until like my, my childhood was in LA and then my adulthood was in, um, in Sweden, Stockholm, Sweden. Wow. And then I decided to move back from Sweden and kind of pursue music, my musical career here in, in the States again, in LA. Wow. So what was your, like a job or something, your family moved to no. the States? Like how did you get from Sweden to LA? Well, well, my dad is Swedish. So that's the reason kind of why we went, we moved back to Sweden when I was 11. Um, and then I kind of, you know, I started my kind of career in, in music, like writing songs and, and all that stuff in Sweden. And then I kind of felt like I wasn't really getting anywhere uh, and kind of just like we're working with the same people. Stockholm gets really small after a while. And if you don't break through your like kind of core group, mm -hmm. it's hard to like find other core groups because they're just like, small little core groups everywhere right sure. they all mashed together um so i decided to just like you know kind of get out of my comfort zone and uh i really missed the the you know the kind of go-getting kind of attitude everyone has here, here in la so mm -hmm. decided to move back to la and uh met you know adam and fred and bill and you know and here we are here. that's, my that's awesome <laughs> <laughs> how did you get into music um well, I mean, I started off as like, you know, a kid, obviously with the, just like, you know, my mom kind of throwing me into piano lessons and I, I hated it. It was just, you know, I was more of like, it was more of like, okay, just make my mom happy. Sure. Um, and I was more into, you know, kind of, I wanted to play soccer and baseball and all that stuff. But then I didn't, you know, when I grew up, music kind of started more kind of, you know, affecting me in a different way of like, you know, I was more interested in songwriting and like how things were built and 
and uh, listening to music differently. And it kind of like just combined what I'd grown up doing, like playing classical music, like Bach and like, you know, Rachmaninoff and all that stuff, like mm -hmm. super classical. And then kind of like, all right, well, I know how to play piano. How do I incorporate that into like songwriting and just like learning these programs that were kind of coming up, um, logic and all that stuff. And then I actually went to some, some classes and some, you know, so I went to get like an education in music production and all that. Oh, so, wow. so, you know, Did you attend a school in LA? Uh, no, that was in Sweden actually. Oh, wow. Cool. Yeah. Um, and my dad was in film and I was kind of like, should I go, you know, walk in his footsteps, but I kind of didn't want to do that. And, but I knew that I wanted to do something creative mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, music was the one that was like kind of that one at the end. So, cool. Very yeah. cool. How about you, Adam? Where were you born and raised? I was born in New Orleans and I grew up uh, down in Pensacola, Florida. Oh, cool. Is, uh, yeah. Um, and I moved out to L.A. when I was 19 and um, sort of just in pursuit of the music career. Uh, and somewhere along the way, I met Frederick and Sebastian and Bill. And, yeah, we started uh, doing this thing but I probably skipped over a lot of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, how did you get into music? Um, I think my first real uh, experience was, you know, my dad gave me a guitar and started, you know, taking me to guitar lessons. And I went to an Aerosmith concert. It was the yeah. Get a Grip tour. And that was, uh, that was kind of the moment when I knew I really wanted to be on stage was that concert. Cool. And then were you, did you start a band in high school or anything or? Yeah. I was moving in, to LA? Yeah. I was in a punk band for a little while and then I was in a jam band actually. And uh, we played at a lot of parties and got, you know, got in a lot of trouble together. And <laughs> then we got sort of banned actually from, from our music scene because we were, we were, 17 18 19 playing at all these bars and they thought we were 21 and they were giving us free alcohol for years and oh they had no wow idea. and then one bar i i was drunk one night and i went behind the bar and poured myself a drink <laughs> and someone reported me as not being old enough to even be drinking and that was it for us oh so <laughs> then you kind of got blacklisted from all these bars in the area <laughs> oh my and is that kind of what decided to make the move to LA? No, I mean, I think I, I think, you know, a year went by or something and then I just kind of felt like I needed, I wanted to pursue, you know, we, we got pretty big for our home. This is a small town. Mm -hmm. um, we got, I think as big as you could get in our hometown. And then, you know, I just kind of wanted something more and I wanted to do more with my music career. Mm -hmm. So I had set out to uh, Hollywood. <laughs> when did you, I, yeah uh it was 2004 or something. when you moved to yeah. la uh -huh. when did you start writing songs were you pretty young yeah i was pretty young i was probably 10 wow or so i had like a little four track cassette recorder and i would record little ideas into it and then accidentally re record over them cassette. <laughs> do you have any of those cassettes though they actually got destroyed in a hurricane oh my gosh 
Yeah, so I, I lost them, but they That's were too. probably destroyed before that because I recorded over all of them because I didn't realize <laughs> I didn't really know what I was doing. Right. Wow. That's, yeah. I mean, the hurricane, that's crazy. I just moved to Nashville and I've, Oh really? I've, yeah, yeah. Like I'm from San Diego. So I've moved from where you guys are pretty much to, <laughs> uh, I'm in Nashville right now. Oh, you are. Do you live yeah, in Nashville? I live in yeah. I live here. Wow. How long, when did you leave LA? Um, three years ago, I think Wow. coming up on, yeah. Three years ago. I was in East for a while and I'm in South area, South Nashville, Glencliff area. Oh, cool. Yeah, I'm further south than you. I'm down Franklin area. Oh, okay. Thanks. Yeah. That's awesome. Cool. That's cool that you're in, a, in, in the area now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What, what brought you to Nashville? Um, just the music scene and everything. And there wasn't really mm-hmm. anything going on and open in San Diego from I've got two kids and I just wanted them back mm-hmm. in school and, you know, give them some yard to play in. And, you know, it was just. I love San Diego. My, my wife and I were born and raised there and I lived there between there and San Francisco for my whole life and, you know, change of pace. So we decided to move out this way. Mm-hmm. Nice. We love it. We love it here. So cool. Cool. Okay. Um, awesome. So, okay. Fred, uh, who's up next? Bill, where were you born and raised? <laughs> uh, I was born and raised in a very small town called Newtown, which is about 30 miles north of Philadelphia in Pennsylvania. Okay. And how did you get into music? Uh, I grew up playing uh, similar to Sebastian. I was forced to take piano lessons and hated them. Um, And then somewhere along the way, I switched over to the drums, maybe in like a rebellious move or something from Mm -hmm. the piano. Um, And it stuck. I I loved it. So I grew up playing in orchestras and jazz bands and like classical percussion kind of things. Um, And then went to school for music as well. Um, which was then really funny for my piano teacher uh, from childhood to find out that I had pursued a life a in career in music. Flabbergasted. <laughs> she couldn't believe it. That's um, cool. And then, yeah, I moved to LA uh, about 10 years ago now. I kind of just threw a dart and, and picked Los Angeles. Um, and yeah, been here ever since making music. That's cool. And uh, what did you go to like Berkeley? Where did you go to to school for music? Yeah, good guess. Oh, okay. <laughs> and so I imagine you're in you like you said jazz band, and that's all done through what your high school, and then you had to do what an audition or something to get in Berkeley. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. What um, was that like? You know, it wasn't as intense as I think it is now. Actually, it was it was pretty mellow. Okay. Um, yeah, but um. Yeah, studied jazz at Berkeley and uh, marching band before that too. I was a a band nerd. Okay. And then you moved to LA. Did you move to just pursue a career and like so you get to LA and then what 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 do you do? Just try to find people to jam with. I mean, as a drummer, I'm sure it's probably not that hard to get kind of get a pick of the litter, right? I mean, I'd imagine. One of the first people I met was Adam. Actually, I I ran oh, wow. down this apartment um, and I. I mean, I knew no one when I moved out here. I literally put my drums in my car and drove across the country. Um, and I found an apartment on Craigslist. First one I looked at and signed a lease. And I was carrying my drums up the stairs. And Adam and uh, a guy he was playing music with at the time were, were sitting in his apartment saying, like, I guess they needed a drummer for a gig. And, and they were thinking, like, 
only we could find a drummer for this for this show and then behind them through the window there's me carrying my bass drum <laughs> in my apartment that's rad <laughs> this is and he's just like hey uh do you want to play a show and then the relationship starts yeah pretty much um that was when you were adam was a, a solo artist then okay that's cool <laughs> and obviously you gelled and continued playing up, up, up through now <laughs> yeah Mm -hmm. That's awesome. What about you, Frederick? Where were you born and raised? Uh, I was born and raised in Varberg, Sweden. So the west coast of Sweden. And oh, wow. uh, started playing guitar when I was nine um, by my own choice. Um, my <laughs> Not forced was, into it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, you know, they've tried to get me into other things. My mom was a soccer player, professional soccer player. She was kind of forced me into playing soccer. Wow. My aunt and my grandma were also soccer players so she tried to get me into playing soccer i did that but i was just hitting people's legs all the time it was not that good um so i was like this is not for me and then my dad was trying to get me to ride dirt bikes and uh, pursue a career in professional dirt biking so i started doing that when i was five and i was like i was i didn't have any fears so i was just like too crazy with that too so it didn't really fit me any of those things and i was like i just gotta do my own thing and you know I just picked up the guitar and it just uh, came to me really quickly that this is my weapon. This is my calling. I'm going to do something different. And my mom and dad were like really supportive because they loved music. Mm -hmm. And then they took me to a Dive Straits concert and I was like, oh my God, this is so cool. You know, I want to be on stage. And then I started my first band when I was 13. Same thing like Adam started playing bars and kind of like snuck in everywhere mm -hmm. i kind of stayed out of tr i got in trouble a couple of times but um yeah it, it was hard you know being that young and just playing bars you know because it's like and drinking you know it's like oh but uh i did that for a while and then uh, you know i was like really just happy doing that i started making money on music when i was 14 and then started working as a mu music teacher when i was 17 and i was like this is awesome. You know, I make a living out of music, but I kind of hit a point where I couldn't find the right band to play with. I was in a couple of bands, but it didn't really feel like we were touring Sweden and I felt kind of stuck. Like I want to do something more. And then, you know, I was just looking to maybe move somewhere else. And then I looked to this, found this music school in LA called Musicians Institute. And I was like, you know, starting having vivid dreams. So like, I should be in LA, you know, for a lot of different reasons, like, you know, growing up with Dogtown and skateboarding, you know, I was mm -hmm. here in Venice, you know, like, you know, the movie industry. And then I was like, I'm, I think that's my place. And then I didn't really know English at the time. And I decided to move here when I was, I just had turned 21 and um, I could understand English, but I couldn't speak at all. I was not, I was super introverted. Uh, so it was hard at the beginning, but oh, meeting people at the music school from all over the world, we were all struggling with English and like, uh, you know, try to communicate. And then, yeah, they got me into like finding my confidence in music and speaking a new language. And then I started playing in bands, started touring while I was still in school, which was really tricky because I had mm -hmm. to be in school to have the visa, but I really just wanted to tour. So it was kind of like in and out, shorter tour so I can make it to classes. 
Mm-hmm. And yeah, I just found a community of, of musicians. And then we started playing in like five different bands. It's the same dudes. So that's where I met Ryan, who's our bass player right now in Grisfolk. Uh, so we started playing in, in a bunch of bands together. And then after school, I got hired as a producer and I was producer in the studio in Santa Monica, making music for you know commercials, for different pop artists. Um, and then, yeah, Adam uh, got the studio next door in the same building. And we were like, hey, what's <laughs> up? You know, and then we started working on some music together. And that's how we get started, you know. And um, yeah, it was just all these different connections that led us all to L.A. for a reason, I guess. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I'm so like I've been here 14 years. I just became an American citizen. So I'm a dual citizen. Now, wow. So. Congratulations. It's been a good run. Didn't you have to take it? Did you have to take that test where they have to know all this like facts yeah. about the U.S. that you probably know more than eighty-five percent of the U.S. I, I don't <laughs> as know as more. Actually, I went to history school with Bill, and you know, we didn't get that deep. But he's a he's a pro at history. I knew about <laughs> politics already, so I had that part down. Okay, it was a lot of history, and I didn't have time to study because I was so busy at the time, and then I was kind of panicking. Like, wow, I'm gonna do the test in two days. I'm so screwed mm-hmm. and i just started practicing like all you know all this stuff and i was sitting in the waiting room before taking the test it's like completely panicking like i'm so screwed i'm not gonna be able to do this and i'm like all right you know i was just meditating it's gonna be fine i just walk in there i meet with the officer he's super rad we're the same age neighbors started oh, talking cool. about live chilling and I'm like all right it's gonna be easy and then it's like oh let's do the test right away he gave me like six questions and I answered right on those six. And then he said, Oh, you're good. This, that's it. Wow. Minutes, and then I did the oath ceremony next day. And that's then, rad. Yeah. So that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Well, congratulations on that. It's awesome. You. Did you, you know? Should have, if, you, if you failed that test, you should have just played some Bruce Springsteen and they'll be like, All right. <laughs> yeah. They're like, Oh, you know the boss? Okay, cool. You're in. Yeah. <laughs> I did some name dropping where we were talking about, you know, the written test where you're going to write in English, which is like super easy. But uh, I, uh, he asked me to write, uh, Alaska is the biggest state in the United States. And then I told him, you know, because we were all joking around in the whole meeting. And I was like, oh, actually, just like a name dropping, kind of like a Bruce Springsteen kind of thing of like, Actually, my band, we've been on tour. We've been to almost all states. You know, we haven't been to Alaska or Hawaii yet. I said, oh, whoa, that's really cool. You know, you've been to more states than me. You know, so it's like an extra kind of layer of like, this guy, <laughs> should, we, we should, he should become American. He should Come become on, American. Around. That's awesome. Yeah. And so, but it's crazy that you and Sebastian are both from Sweden. Did you, and you, did you, I'm sure you didn't know each other growing up or anything? didn't know each other i mean it's a big uh, it's a big country people. but yeah i mean yeah. to have you guys both from the same country and then join the same band meet up in los angeles i mean that's yeah pretty... it was weird i don't think we would have been friends in sweden because he's from stockholm from Warbase. it's like the east coast west coast kind of like mm-hmm. thing and he he was in hip-hop i was in rock you know so but by faith me meeting a couple of years later in LA, it just felt natural because we wanted to combine and do a weird hybrid of all these different things. And mm-hmm. you have to meet on neutral ground, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's like East coast, West coast, uh, hip hop battles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, how, okay. So it sounds like Adam, you were playing 
um, already with Bill and then the stu- your guys are what her- rehearsing or practicing a studio next to Frederick. And how did you all kind of come together? Like Sebastian, how'd you get in the mix? And Adam, how did this thing kind of come together? Well, so me and Bill were in another band. We were kind of a bluegrass band, I think. I don't really know what you would describe it, but it was sort of bluegrass. And we had a residency every week at this bar in um, Santa Monica. And at the same time, me and Sebastian and Fred had started sort of working on this new project that wasn't really, didn't really have a name yet. Um, And I guess what happened is we sort of just, you know, combined forces. Um, That's sort of a long story short, but, you know. We, well, how did we, Sebastian? How did you meet Adam? I didn't. I don't know if I got that part of the story. Or how did you meet? I mean, the whole the whole story. Is so, like, the way I met these three guys is just it's it's so many like coincidence here and there that I just like I met Bill at a at my sister's best friend's house. Like, I was visiting the states, and he was there, and we were playing board games. And he was like, "Oh, I'm in a band, blah blah. I'm a musician." Didn't think anything of it. One night, that's okay, beers, board game. And then I went back to Sweden. I came back another time and I went to the speakeasy place uh, here in Venice called Strongholds, which was like this speakeasy place on top of this uh, jeans denim store. I walked in there and Adam and Bill are playing there. I don't know them. I know I met Bill at that party. So I'm like, okay, I know that guy. He's playing playing the drums, Adam singing. I went up to Adam after he had played his gig and said, hey man, you have a great voice, it's awesome, blah, blah, blah. He's like, oh, thanks. He's like, where are you from? I'm from Sweden. He's like, oh, I'm actually going to Sweden soon. I'm like, well, hit me up when you're there. You know, let's grab a beer. I didn't know at the time that he was gonna go meet Frederick because I didn't know Frederick. Um, and then I moved back, I moved to the States. I didn't meet Adam in Sweden. I moved to the States, had a roommate, her name is Caroline. He, uh, she was like, she grew up with Frederick and said, Hey, there's a Swede down the street that works with music. So I'm like, we should, you should meet him. And I w- went to meet him. She said, I work with this guy named Adam. I'm like, Adam Roth. I'm like, yeah, I like, I saw him maybe like two years ago playing at this place called strongholds. He's like, yeah, I, I work with him. I'm like, Oh, cool. Let's all like write some someday and then they invited me to the studio and we pretty much wrote like i think the second song we wrote was the struggle wow uh, or the ripple the struggle or the ripple was like one of those like top three songs that we wrote and we're like they, they had a um who is our manager right now you know he had heard the songs he's like hey guys this is really good you guys should pursue this you know and then, uh, yeah, I met Bill because they, they all three had, you know, played, played together and we, we formed a band. And I didn't really expect myself actually being in a band. I was just more like, oh, let's, you know, have some fun writing sessions and, and write some songs. You know? and wow. Next minute we're on tour and in Europe and, and you know, just <laughs> like, what the? yeah you guys are like supporting bastille pretty quickly huh yeah. like there yeah I mean, that's huge well you did you yeah. say that the first well the first song you guys wrote was the ripple and that's on this new record right 
Yeah, it's like one of the old, old songs that we've never, you know, we've tried so many times getting it right. We've never really felt comfortable with how it's, you know, with the production or the structure of the song. So it's always been like, is it time? Is it time to release this? Is, is, this, the, is this the version that we, you know, are happy with? And uh, it ended up, you know, Rich Costi, who, who helped us produce it, you know, kind of, you know, made it, made it uh, the way we, we had visioned it to be, so. Wow. It's, a, it's our little baby. <laughs> yeah, it was like eight years later. When did you guys start, 2013? I think we met, yeah, around 2013, in the studio, 2013. Yeah. Wow. So it's been a while but with, with that song. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, when did you guys start seeing, you know, some real success with the band? Like, like obviously, you, you toured with Bastille, and that took some some steps i would imagine they didn't just say hey you know this this band this should open up for us like how how did you get to that point um started off with a soundcloud link we we um we had a friend who had a pretty good uh, pretty big blog at the time uh and we'd sent him the song and he's like hey do you mind if i put this up on the blog and we're like, you know, called around, we called our manager at the time. He's like, should we do this? Like, is it ready? Like, I don't know. We don't even have a band name. We, we you know, at that point we were called Grizz Adams. And we're like, you know, hell with it. Let's just put it up there and see what happens. And it actually, you know, got good traction. People started commenting on it. It kind of blew up on, on SoundCloud. And next thing we know, we're getting hit up by A&Rs. And next thing we know, we're in the capital you know capital tower and signing a deal with virgin records at that time it's huge and that still was signed to them as well mm-hmm. they, they were you know they were kind of new they well they opened up again here in the states and they had this new kind of family new members and team members and stuff like that so it was like it was a cool period actually to be signed to them at that at that time because they were just signing these new acts and bringing the still over from the UK and teaming them up with Grisbold was like, you know, you know, we were, we were blessed. <laughs> for that That's they were cool. Yeah. Wow. So the, it started with SoundCloud and then you get signed a version. I mean, that must've been a dream for all of you guys to, you know, get signed to a major label. And now the thing's really happening, I would imagine. Oh yeah. It was, it was a wild ride. Yeah, especially for me like i didn't I, again like i hadn't been in a band this is like pretty much my first band like i've always been my studio guy and like just been behind the scene kind of thing never ever thought of like being on stage and doing all this stuff and i remember fred's just like yeah like always saying hey this is the most important show you'll ever play in your life don't <laughs> mess up and i'm like was it like oh, a sh- the showcase Every time. Oh, every, every show. <laughs> every, every show, show is the most important show. It was always the most important show. Don't mess up. But don't, you know, don't get nervous, but don't mess up. Like, you know, I'm like, oh. It was just that mentality. I mean, at first you're like, oh, yeah, okay. You know, you're right. And then like kept saying that because it's like learning that mentality from watching Bruce Springsteen or Dave Grohl. It's like they play every show like it's the last fucking show. It's just mm-hmm. all that energy into it. 
and just you know watching them live and then also touring with Bastille same thing with Dan the lead singer he's like all right we got to play this we might not be here tomorrow just play with all of our hearts and uh that mentality it's just I mean mindfulness um that helps you get less nervous hopefully but also like not take anything for granted just try to play every show like it's your last show mm-hmm. and that helped me a lot and I I don't know if it helped you sub but I'm sorry <laughs> what about you for you Bill I mean going to school for music and going to Berkeley I mean that's kind of the the end game I would imagine right for for a musician going to that that college to get either be in a band or get in a band that's you sign to a major label I mean that becomes your career yeah definitely um I mean at that point in time we had all kind of been just grinding in LA like working on things and sort of trying to get over that hump Mm -hmm. um and I mean playing local clubs and there's shows I played that Adam and I would do in like little bars for play three and a half hours of music and walk away with 50 bucks each and we'd be like okay that was an all right night (laughs) let's keep it going (laughs) um but then the first thing or one of the big things we all wanted to do was to to go on tour um and like getting that first opportunity um definitely was that was around the virgin records time um and getting that opportunity was a big like uh i mean if it was cool it was really cool for all of us at that particular moment um and we went out on tour with this guy andrew bell um and the entire tour is just a west coast run probably like two weeks long um but every show we were like just maximum excitement levels and energy and like running around the cities and exploring and he probably got really sick of us like after two nights (laughs) oh because you are a full band and he was just him oh he had a band as well but oh he did yeah we were like you know little kids like in a toy store like oh my god i want to do this yeah, it was awesome. Uh, on your Wikipedia page, it shows that you guys played San Diego as the first day at the Casbah. Is that true? Oh, yeah. 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 Remember that. That's like <laughs> my favorite I remember venue. Soundcheck. Really? Yeah. yeah I remember Soundcheck. I remember the picture we took outside of our van. Like, we're going <laughs> on tour, and it's just like us in the weirdest outfits. Like, it looks like we're going to, like, I don't know, SeaWorld or something. Not... <laughs> does not look like we're gonna go play a rock show yeah we all have our backpacks on like yeah adam you said you remembered the sound check what was there like a particular reason why you remembered the sound check yeah um our manager had come through he was at the, he was on the talk back mic at the at the soundboard he's like andrew he was trying to say thank andrew um we were because we were opening for Andrew Bell and I was just I totally spaced and I was like Andrew I think I think I said it into the mic too (laughs) Andrew that wasn't a sound check though that was right after we finished our set oh okay yeah yeah, that was during the show that's awesome (laughs) so during during the sound check he had said yeah think make sure you thank Andrew you know for taking us on tour or whatever yeah um 
And I was like, yeah, no problem. And then after, you know, we had just finished the show, people were clapping. He goes, Andrew, Andrew. I could hear him through the monitors. And I was like, Andrew? <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I love that venue. I mean, per, from growing up and being born and raised in San Diego, that's, I think that's my favorite spot of all. Um, I'm sure you guys have played a million clubs. You played the belly of two. I did see on your Wikipedia as well, which is another cool venue in San Diego. Yeah. That's a real cool place. And actually that that's when we, where we played the same, our last show, we played the uh, Kaboo. That was the last show that we played. Oh, you did. You guys did Kaboo. Yeah. I'm trying to think who was the headliner the last time that, that happened. I'm trying to remember. Uh, Mumford and Sons. Mumford and Sons. Uh, was it Tom Petty? Okay, I was there a couple weeks later. Yeah, I know. I remember. My wife and I saw that show, and we're, it was bizarre to hear that news like right after the fact. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Kaboo was it was a, such a cool thing that they started. I mean, the first year was they didn't really know what was going on, but the, the next couple of years they did a really good job of of orchestrating that thing um well so obviously the next record you guys put out your full length record and it does incredible as well and the momentum continues and we hit what 2019 and 20 into 2020 and the world kind of takes a pause and you guys what how do you how do you start working on this new record well we've you know we've we never really stopped writing um and i think just yeah it's been it's been kind of kind of all over the place but i think for the most part we've just kind of kept pushing and our manager's been really good about you know making sure that we don't fall off the face of the earth um, yeah we got four songs done with um rich costi and santa monica right before the pandemic hit okay so with the finishing mixes you know from home and then, you know, we had six songs left, you know, to finish the album. And then, you know, we have to do it remotely, being in L.A., Nashville, sending files back and forth, working with producers in Nashville, and then make it happen that way. And it worked out, you know. Um, and, you know, obviously we wish we could have done it together in one room. But at the end of the day, like, you know, you have the situation, let's try to make the best out of it. And it turned out really good, actually. Not even actually playing together physically in the same room, but you know. Yeah, I can imagine there was some challenges doing it that way. Yeah, it was pretty easy because we're all like individual producers, songwriters, composers. So we're used to like sending files back and forth and oh, had okay. to do that in pandemic anyways for our other gigs and you know, collaboration. So it's just, you know, a natural flow. And it was pretty amazing for me individually too, because then it opened up even more possibilities because now everybody's working remotely. Then you can work with anyone in the world. And I'm like, right. oh, this is awesome, you know? But, I'm, you know, I missed working with people in the same room, obviously. So, uh, but it's cool that that became an opportunity and something that horrible, uh, you know, being in a pandemic and all, we, we, as creators, we were trying to, to create a new momentum then in that situation, you know? Do you think it affected the album? Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, um, well, to that to that question you just asked too. Like the um, the last day we were in the studio with Rich Costi was, I want to say, the thirteenth of March or something. Like right when this all happened. Like I remember, yeah, like last we were day watching of... the news, 
of the days like leading up to it and then every you know big news story like the nba cancels its season or like whatever big domino would fall mm -hmm. like, whoa okay you just start taking this more seriously and rich was like taking it seriously from the first moment that any news of this broke and he ended up moving to vermont and getting out of la and packing up shop and taking his whole family with him whoa um but he would like spray us down with sanitizer we'd walk in there <laughs> <laughs> he knew that's crazy yeah so i mean that that was like i mean that was really interesting to go through that there um but i'm glad we got done at least those four songs with him and then mm -hmm. um it it definitely affected the album um because you know we couldn't all be in the same room um so we had to sort of just patch this all together somehow some way um, and I left LA as well. I took a road trip back to the East Coast and I was posted up in New Jersey for a while, um, just in this like sleepy little beach town, um, shut down for the season, like nobody there in the winter. And I got a lot of great work done. I was able to record there and um, it was kind of perfect mm -hmm. uh, for, for this setup. And were you guys uh, supposed to work with Rich Cossie for the whole record or was it only for a few songs and then you guys were going to figure out what, what would to come or what was to come, but that happened. Like what was the plan? We were kind of feeling it out as we went, we were definitely going to do four with him. And I mean, we were really, really happy with how those four turned out. Um, but yeah, the, uh, the pandemic and then his uh, moving to Vermont definitely. Vermont. Uh, Throw a wrench in it. <laughs> well, you guys are able to finish the record. You put it out. Um, have you had a chance to play any of the songs for anybody yet? Or nope, no. Only we just uh, started rehearsing earlier earlier this morning on Zoom. Oh, how's that? Is that hard? I'm kidding. We uh, we, oh. we just kind of <laughs> like... we're, we're just kind of like running through songs. It's been it's been like two years since we rehearsed. Whoa. Just because of the, the you were doing the record and then the pandemic, mm -hmm. wow. Do you are you yeah. the plan to tour the album? Yeah, we um, we have a show in LA, a couple shows in LA, and at the end of this month, and then the plan is to tour the record. You know, in, in early twenty twenty two. Is that what year it is? Yeah, twenty twenty two. So weird. Yeah. Um, we haven't, we haven't announced anything yet, though, but there's cool. some stuff in the works. That's awesome. Well, the, the record's rad. I, and I think that's so cool that you have kept that one song since, you know, the very beginning, the first song you guys ever wrote together made it onto this record. That's so rad. And I appreciate your time. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having, Thanks us. For having us, man. Yeah. Yeah. I do have one more question for you all before I let you go. I want to know if I can get an answer from all of you, if you have any advice for aspiring artists. Oh yeah, sure. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> right, Whoever just... wants to go first, take it away. <laughs> we, we made a lot of mistakes, so you, you learn something new after every mistake, and kind of depends on what music you you're doing and what kind of forum community you want to be in. But I would say, in general, the most important thing is community. Try to find your people and work together. You know, as artists, uh, to create a voice together. I think it's really important. And even now in the pandemic, if you can meet people out, just get on Clubhouse or Discord and just find your group and then 
you start like working together like collaboration has always been my my thing i don't like making music by myself i just love making music with other people so yeah yeah that's for me yeah um how go next i think the most important thing is songs um i feel like I've been in a lot, a lot of bands that we just, we kind of, we looked past the material that we were putting out and stuff. And I feel like with a good song, you can kind of go, you can kind of go anywhere, but without a good song, you can't really go anywhere, but maybe that's not always true because there are bad songs out there that become popular. But I think in general, uh, you know, the music is really important. Yeah, and I would say to that point, um, don't don't get too bogged down by like restrictions or traditional rules either. Um, and if you don't have certain equipment, or if you don't have you know th this microphone you think you need, or this piece of or piece of gear, or you can't get into this recording studio, you can do it anywhere. The most important thing is like Adam saying a song, but you know even before that, like chase down that inspiration and don't don't ignore that you know if something is like inspiring you just go for it and and work and don't stop because you don't have like traditional tools that you think you might need i dig it what about you sebastian i think uh yeah i mean all all of what they said but also just kind of like having clear vision of the whole process and not expect that anyone else will do it for you and kind of like expect that you, you know you're going to be the one who's working the hardest don't expect anyone else to work harder than you because then then you'll just play a waiting game i would just say take charge and do at any at any point of your career you know just like if you want to play live book the show you know if someone else helps you book your show then great if you want to have backdrops at your show, make the backdrop at the show, you know. Um, dream big. Yeah, always dream big.